0: But uh, right now, I'm going to continue the sermon series that I started last week, and uh, we're talking about dropping dimes, um, <laughs> specifically, when God drops dimes. And uh, when we say dropping dimes, we mean literal, um, actual dimes, like the kind that are worth 10 cents um, that you can take to the store and buy absolutely nothing with. Um, that's, the, uh, that's the dimes that we are... That we're that we're talking about and um, hmm. well, I don't have any notes today so we're just gonna roll without the notes <laughs> it's not working um, okay so um, anyway uh, this 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 sermon series comes out of um, a story and uh, several uh, instances actually with with my wife and I um, back uh, after we first got married we um, didn't know what we were going to do Uh, We we knew that we didn't want to work um, at the ministry that we were at because it was far too busy, and uh, we didn't have any time together. And so um, as newlyweds, um, we obviously knew everything about marriage, um, and uh, uh, we decided to just take off and um, drive around the country and visit with different churches that had offered me um, positions. And, and so I talked about that last week, about how God really um, directed us. And, and he didn't always just step by step. There was a lot of waiting, a lot of wondering, a lot of looking around saying, man, I don't know if this is what God wants us to do. and um, And we finally landed in Nashville, Tennessee. This is about uh, 10 years ago. Uh, we landed in, in Nashville, Tennessee. We love Nashville, and um, uh, we connected with the church there, and uh, we decided to try to help that church in any way that we possibly could, and they couldn't afford to pay us anything, and so um, it, it was difficult because we were um, trying to get a job, and I'd never done anything but, but preach, and McDonald's doesn't usually hire preachers. Um, they don't. They don't need people to preach apparently. Um, I, I tried to get a job with Papa John's because I'm thinking I like pizza, I like driving, therefore... I ought to be a good driver for Papa John's but I had like three degrees and they were like no we're not gonna hire you to drive and so I was like come on man uh, I, I, like I'll do it wisely obviously because I know how to study and everything I mean but no they 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 wouldn't hire me and um, it was during this season that I, I really was like God did I mishear you like did I did I get it wrong and was it I mean, was it just my my brain that thought oh hey this is what God wants me to do you know is is it, is it was was there some way that I was off somehow and what God was calling me to do and it was during that season that I said God I really need a sign would you just give me a sign and um, a friend of mine had been finding um dove feathers which is very spiritual around his house. And I said, yeah, Lord, something like that. Like, how come I can't get something like that? And so shortly after that, we started finding a bunch of dimes, and uh, not just not just one or two, um, but uh, we filled up a whole bag within a couple of weeks of dimes that we found. They were always just by themselves. It wasn't like a dime and a nickel or a dime and a quarter. It was strange. It was just a single shiny dime all by itself. And I have no, like, Bible to back this up, you know, that, oh, yeah, this is this is God's way of communicating. I don't know. And, and I'm, I'm pretty slow. I'm not I'm, I'm 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 pretty slow to, like, jump on board those kinds of things. And um, if, if any of you know me, I'm quite skeptical. And I'm like, well, that's the, I, I need to see it in Scripture. And um, so it really, really was an eye opening experience for me to 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 feel that God was speaking to me through finding these dimes, and I talked about that last week. Uh, the podcast is on online if you want to listen to it, um, but I want to continue that story because um, it started off with uh, us in Tennessee, jobless, um, wondering, is this where God wants us to be? And we started finding these dimes, and really the message that I, I brought last week was that the first thing that I really understood from the dimes was that God sees me, that God knows where I'm at. That God hasn't lost my address. That God knew that I was going to pull into that particular parking spot. Like, yeah, I pull into Walmart, I open the door, and there's a dime. Um, That God knew um, exactly where I would be. Uh, That God knew the house I was in. Uh, One morning we woke up, and I I, I moved the pillow, um, and underneath the pillow was a dime. Uh, Just strange stuff like that. It's like God knows my address. God knows where I'm at. God knows what's going on in my life. He's aware. He sees me. And so I talked about that last week, that the God who sees you is also the God who wants to be seen by you. He's also the God who wants you to see him. And so we talked about that last week. And this is, to me, what the dimes signify. It's God trying to get my attention. It's God trying to say, hey, look, look, I I know it's not an angel. It's not super spiritual. but, But here's this really strange phenomenon that seems to be saying something to me. And so I started finding dimes, and and it was God's way of saying, first of all, like, I see you, I know where you're at. But the other part about dimes is that dimes are worth 10 cents, Um, that God chose money. I I, I often thought he could have chose, like, Benjamins, but um, (laughs) I was like, Lord, if you're going to, like, come on. And, uh, but apparently, no. He chose money. One time, even like this, this is really weird. Um, I, uh, I, I, I pulled into a parking spot at, um, at a car dealership, or no, a car, uh, 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 Meineke, Meineke here in San Marcos. And um, I get out and I, I close the door and I'm walking in and I see over in the grass, something kind of shiny. And I'm like, oh, it's probably a dime. So it's just, just my life, you know? So I just walk over there and it is a dime, but it's not like a real dime. It's a plastic dime. And I'm like, oh, see, now that's, 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 that's classy right there. That's nice. Because I'm always like, well, maybe it fell out of somebody's pocket. And so obviously a plastic dime fell out of a grown adult's pocket in the middle of the grass. Anyway, um, so it's just kind of that kind of thing. It's like, what in the world? But, but I feel like, first of all, that God is saying to me through this, and I believe God wants to say to you that he sees you, that he knows you where you're at. Uh, but not only does he see you, not only does he know where you're at, but he, he puts value on you. Because a dime is uh, monetary value, it's money. Uh, He could have chosen, you know, little wood chips or something, I don't know. But for me, he chose a piece of money that's not enough really to go spend a whole lot of places. But it does signify value. And I think uh, that if God wants to communicate something to us, it is that he knows where we're at. And that he loves us, or he values us. And, And I know that we hear that a lot, but sometimes it doesn't always feel that way. Uh, When we were in Tennessee, uh, I finally got a job and I was able to uh, work for a publicist um, who went to the same church that we were working at. And so she hired me. And um, a publicist is somebody who, who makes bands famous. So I was in charge of making this one particular Christian band famous they were a brand new band just signed with the, the christian version of sony and um so i would go in i was calling radio stations every day i was getting them to be aired and to have, be interviewed and calling them good morning america and different shows and getting them to play at different places and and uh, really trying to get exposure get them on the radio get their their number one song out there and it was fun i thought it was interesting um the lady uh, my boss and i had uh, sort of differing of opinions she thought i should work like all the time and I thought I should work (laughs) eight to five. And um, I told her, I said, I'm only gonna work eight to five. She said, oh yeah, yeah. And she'd come in at like 4.45 and be like, can you call these 50 stations? And I was like, no, not in 15 minutes. And so um, I really kept my boundaries really strong. And so things were a little rocky at the job. Um, And so after three months, uh, she calls me and she says, yeah, Harry, it's just not quite working out. And uh, so I'm going to have to let you go. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm going. And so I, I go. So I come home. And the problem was Ro, Ro has had several jobs in her lifetime, um, uh, helping with, with taking care of horses and things. And there's a lot of horses in Tennessee. So she was volunteering at a, at a horse farm, but we, she couldn't get paid because she didn't have a green card. Because um, the government... is is so fast to get things done. I I, I know this particular instance, the government was a little slow. Typically they're so fast and they actually got us a green card, but they misspelled her name. It was Rowena Flamina, which I thought was hilarious, but I was like, I don't know if that's gonna work when we go get a passport and all this kind of stuff. So it's supposed to be Rowena Fleming, not Flamina. and so, anyway, so they misspelled it. So we sent it back so that, you know, they had to reprint it for 40 years and get it back to us. And, and so we're waiting uh, for her green card so that she can legally work. And um, then I get released from my job. So I come home and I say, Babe, I got some bad news. Uh, I'm not going to be working at the publicist's place anymore. And she says, I have some good news. My green card just came in the mail today. And uh, I've been volunteering at this horse farm. So we can go work at this horse farm. They have housing for us. We'll live there. They'll pay us. Um, and we'll take care of the horses. And I said, Okay cool. You know, that's awesome. That's God's provision. We'll do it. Um, sometimes God provides in the, the lamest of ways, just so you're aware of this. Um, I, there are two different kinds of people in the world. There are indoor people and outdoor people. I am of the indoor kind, as in indoors. I like to be indoors where there's AC. That's, that's God's air conditioning. Um, and uh, when you work at a horse farm, we had, what, 19 stalls to muck out. I don't even use that word, muck. I don't, I don't know. But I'm using it now, because uh, we mucked out 19 stalls every morning. And if you don't know how to muck out a stall, it's really it's just really quite simple. You get this little pitchfork thingy, and you, you first lead the horse out of his box, and there's all this, um, uh, what's the the stuff in the bottom, the the sawdust yeah we had a huge pile of sawdust and so then there's all the sawdust on the bottom and you have to go searching for like like these wonderful golden nuggets um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, uh, sometimes they're 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 fresh and warm and steamy and smell really good. And uh, but it's kind of like a treasure hunt. And so you you kind of take your little pitchfork thing and you go find all the nuggets, right? And so you take the nuggets and you, then you take them out of the box and you put them in this. Um, and we had a four wheeler on the back of the four wheeler had had this this like trough. And underneath at the bottom of the trough it had a, a conveyor belt. And so um, I would take all of the golden nuggets and um, take them on out of the horse farm and take them out to to the field and then lift this lever and it would move it would move the nuggets toward the back and uh, they had some flippers that also moved and it would like it would throw the nuggets like off to the side so you're fertilizing the field is what is what we're so which I always found to be so stupid because like horses eat the grass they ingest it they take it into their box they deposit it I scoop it take it out back to the grass which they eat, which they ingest, only to deposit back in the same box. It's a never-ending cycle. It's just, it's like, it's like, it's like those those concentration camps. It's like, move that pile over here, move this pile over there, and I'll do that. And I'm thinking, why don't we just, why don't we just let them just roam around and just deposit wherever the heck they want? But no, that's not how it works. And so uh, it was the hottest summer on Tennessee record since they started keeping track in the 1850s. And, and I'm out there, right? And I'm, I'm depositing uh, these golden nuggets. And um, uh, for some reason, the, the conveyor belt thing broke and it started going really super fast. And so the flippers started going faster. And so instead of like throwing it off to the side, it started throwing it up overhead and it's literally raining down golden nuggets all over the back of my neck and my head and i'm like what in the world and i'm looking around and uh <laughs> at that point you kind of realize what's all over you and um i just stopped it and i looked up to heaven and i was like why what did i ever do to deserve this you know it was just one of those moments i don't know if you've ever been had one of those moments but it was just one of those moments that i was like you know i get that god sees me and he knows where I'm at, but he's probably like pointing and laughing, I think. You know, he's like, "Ah, oh, look at Harry." He's right there under that that little rainstorm of nuggets falling on his head. That's wonderful. You know, like as a god, look okay, at, you see me, you you know all this. I I understand, but my question now is like, do you care? Right? <laughs> do you care about the fact that I like I have a 4-year degree in Christian ministry and I'm Underneath this rain shower of I, I have the minor in New Testament Greek I have a two-year degree at another another school with a minor in music and I'm like all this like it's just And, and, and I am out here in the field not using any of my gifts not using anything that fulfills me at all and I'm being rained on my Horse stuff Sometimes that's life though. Sometimes it's just horse stuff falling from the sky and um and the question often becomes, does God care? Does he, does he, does, does he give a rip? Does he, does he value me enough to really care about the situation that I'm in and what I'm going through? And so, once again, we started finding more dimes. And um, for me, it was a, 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 a moment where God was saying, yes, I, I do care. I do value. I put value on you. I put value on you. There's a passage in Isaiah, if we could um, bring it up since I don't have it in my notes. There's a passage in Isaiah um, from the message um, paraphrase that I just love where God is speaking to his people. And he says, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name. You are mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. or when other stuff is over your head, Uh, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end for you because I am God, your personal God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I paid a huge price for you. All of Egypt uh, with rich Cush and Seba thrown in, that's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. I would sell off the whole world to get you back, trade the creation just for you. I think that is the heart of our heavenly Father. That is the heart of God. That He, he does value us. He does love us. But it's often it's often hard um, to see that uh, His love, and I think that's because His love is a little bit different um, than our love. Uh, I preached yesterday um, to a group of men uh, in um, in the Austin prison. It's actually what what's it actually called Robbie. I always get it messed up. What's that? Travis County. Um, Travis County State Jail Um, Robbie Lane and John actually they go twice a month three times a month uh, two Saturdays and one Sunday a month um, to minister to those guys and so Robbie organized um, a day with dads and uh, there's a lot of inmates there who have children on the outside have wives on the outside and they don't really get to spend much quality time with them so we organized a time where eight of us volunteers showed up yesterday and uh, we had face paint and uh, helium balloons and um Finger paints and uh, a bunch of uh, minute to win it games, and um, uh, we had we had Bibles, we had action Bibles for every family, and so um, and so they were allowed to invite their families to come and to come to the chapel with us. And we, uh, T Bear and, and my brother did some worship, and um, I brought a word, I preached a little bit, and then we had the families gather in little circles, and we and we just prayed with them. You know, what is your prayer request? What would you? And then we asked the dads if they wanted to pray over their own kids and over their family, and so it was just a really really cool. T- Three people, um, a mom, a daughter, or a wife, a daughter, and, and one of the inmates made decisions for Jesus. They raised their hands, said they wanted to follow Jesus. Yeah, and it was really cool. And then, then after that, we, we went around and played a bunch of games with them, competitive games. They painted their dad's faces, and <laughs> that was funny. Um, anyway, it was, just, it, was just, it was just a good time. But as I'm, as I'm, as, as I'm preaching to them, uh, I'm trying to describe the love of God um, to them. And, and it's so different from the love that humans have because there's no emotion attached to the love of God. And so the best way I know to describe it is from John 3.16. And if you guys don't know John 3.16, you're going to hell. Um, like I asked them if they knew and they didn't know it. And I said, it's all right, guys, you know, hey, I'll help you out. But if you're like, if you're in church, if you're in city chapel, you got to know John 3.16. Uh, so if you don't know it, here it is. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but would have everlasting life that's john 3:16, one of the most popular verses in the bible and so i said this is the best way that i know how to describe the love of god first of all it is a love that is for the whole world so it's for good people church people it is for bad people it's for politicians and preachers. It's for Adolf Hitler. Uh, God loves Adolf Hitler. God loves Joseph Stalin. God loves evil people. God loves people that do all sorts of things that you can't even imagine. But God loves good people. God loves Mother Teresa. God, God's love is indiscriminate of the behavior of the person that he's loving. It's just God loves the whole world, which that alone could blow your mind if you think about it for too long because we're, our love is, is, is very, very, very conditional. His love, his love is unconditional. It's just, it's just out there. It just goes out to everybody. So to say that God loves you is is powerful, but it's not unique. God loves everybody. God loves every single person. There's no limit to his love. It's not held back by any behavior. He loves the entire world. But the love that he has, the word there in the original language uh, is agape. And if you've been in church for more than five minutes, you've heard the word agape because it's the, the Greek word for the kind of love that God has for the world and Interestingly enough, it's also the same kind of love that Jesus described when, when asked, what are, what, what's the greatest commandment? When Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? What is the point of life? What is the, the, the end zone of life? Jesus said, well, to agape God and to agape others. That's the point, to love God in this way and to love others. Now, interestingly enough, Jesus did not say the point was to be loved by God because everybody is already loved by God. The fact that God loves you—that doesn't save you. That doesn't. That that doesn't. That doesn't move the needle in your favor, because He loves everybody. But but the point of life, the goal of life, is not only that you would be loved by God, but that you would love God, that you would agape God, and that you would agape others. So if agape is the point, it's the goal. It's where all of us ought to go. It's where it's where everyone needs to go. And even as I talked to those offenders yesterday, I said the reason why you're in here is because you didn't have agape in your life. You make, when you make decisions without agape, you wind up here. When you make decisions without agape, you wind up in, 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 in broken relationships. When you make decisions without agape love toward other people and toward God, you're always going to make a mistake. A mistake is just a decision without agape. And so, in order to know what agape love is, the best definition I can give you is that agape love is the kind of love that prioritizes the other it seeks the best good of somebody else that's the kind of love that god has when it says he loved the world it's also the kind of good love that god wants us to have for him and for others is this kind of love that prioritizes the best interest of somebody else it says i am here to meet your needs which makes sense in john 3:16 for god so loved the world god so agape the world god so prioritized the world that he was willing to give up the, the very greatest thing he could give up in order to help the world, in order to save the world. This is, this is obvious. But in the Greek language, there are other words for love, which are also used uh, in the New Testament. And they're not bad, they're just different. Uh, the first one that uh, we're going to take the Greek class today, the first one is eros. Uh, eros, it's like uh, epsilon, rho, omicron, sigma. Um, eros, uh, we get English words like uh, erotic... Or erotica from Eros. Um, Someone's some eyes just went away. Um, but just er, like, just 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 to clear the air, so nobody gets squirmish. Uh, like God invented Eros. God loves Eros. God likes Eros. Eros isn't dirty. It's attraction. It's it's not, it's not wrong. It's not something that the devil came up with in the back of some alley or some dirty magazine. It is what God invented. And it is good. And it is good in the context of marriage. Now, when you take it out of that, it's quite painful and quite hurtful and quite harmful. But, but God created uh, Eros, and he desires for all of his children to experience that. And so it's, it's not like, oh, you can't talk about that in church. And, uh, well, then you're in the wrong church. Because it's something that's so much a part of our lives. It's so much a part of who we are. So much a part of the love that we experience and so you have to talk about it because God talks about it actually. If you wanna take out all, all notations of eros, you gotta take out pretty much the whole Bible. You might be able to keep Jude, I think. Maybe Jude. You could keep the, the book of Jude, I think. But, I mean, you know, all the Old Testament. I mean, you just, that has to go. Um, Revelation's got to go. Uh, you got to, like, pretty much the Gospels, they got to go. Like, you, you, if you're going to cut all of Eros, um, for the first couple chapters of Romans, different parts of Corinthians, I mean, that's all out of here. Because God cares about it. So it's important. So it's good. So I'm not going to talk about it like it's dirty. But it is, it is the lower form of love. It is attraction. It's an attraction that you, that you see somebody and you say, hey, how you doing, you know, as Joey would say, how you doing? Uh, it's attraction and uh, nothing wrong with attraction. Attraction is good. Yeah, it's attraction. So, so there's eros and then, and then kind of the next step up is phileo. This is friendship love. So this is different than attraction. You can, you can have friends that you're not necessarily eros, you're not necessarily attracted to, but you're just, you find something in common with them. So you, like they have your back, you have theirs, it's mutually beneficial, you like to spend time with them, you like to hang out with them, it's, 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 it's phileo. And then there is agape. And I think and I think in order to really understand this, those of you that are married can truly understand this, but even those of you who are single, um, because typically marriage starts off with eros right like like i mean it, it it wasn't this way for me but for my wife when she saw my profile picture she sent me an email how you doing right and and i made her laugh which was good and then we kind of went on things progressed from that but typically that's how relationships start off right like you 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 you're, you're sipping a latte in Starbucks and you're like hey, I need to go get her number, or, or, or you see somebody on Facebook, or you see somebody, there's, there's an attraction. There's nothing wrong with that. But oftentimes that is kind of the foundation that there's this, it's, it's kind of odd, isn't it? Because we're, we're asking strangers for phone numbers and to go out on dates with us when, when it's just based on attraction. We we like what we see. And so we want to see if there could be something there that would be a little further, that would be a little bigger, like a friendship. And so Ro and I started talking on the phone and and, and really developed a relationship, a friendship. We like to spend time with each other. You know, you go out to the movies, you sit and watch a movie together, you spend time, you do, you do things together. Uh, and it's and it's in, in a friendship or a filleto starts to develop uh, in your life, which is good. There's nothing wrong with that. But oftentimes, um, you start off with eros, and then you move on to friendship pretty much based on that eros. And, and then, you know, by the time people come talk to me for pre-marriage counseling, they're like, I'm marrying my best friend, and oh, he completes me, and, uh, you know, I, I, just, I just, you know, I, 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 I am so happy. And, you know, and, and it's it, it funny how God sets this up. You, you do know marriage is a setup, right? it's a trick he's tricking you he's tricking you this is this is this is a trick is what it is because god created humans for for the opposites to attract okay now at first that's really cute that's really nice you know because you know for instance um i i am uh uh slow I don't know how to say that but I I'm, I'm just slow not mentally slow but physically I am slow I, I I move slowly I do things slowly and I can tell sometimes how the, how time goes faster some days you know what I mean like 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 you know you wake up you brush your teeth and it's like oh that that took 15 minutes and then other days it's like that only took 5 minutes it's like the clock moves different speeds for me and it's really not the clock it's really just me but I come from a long line of people who who move slow I talked about this at my grandma's funeral this past summer she's 89 years old and And the older you get, the slower you get. And my grandma uh, was the queen of slow. She was, she was, there was, if you look up slow in the dictionary, you're not even going to find her because she's before slow. Like she's not even there yet. And so like if she's, if you're there, if you're at the house and grandma's going to the bathroom, like you seriously, you have to take inventory. Like how badly do I have, like how badly do I have to go? And then I have to, if it's north, if it's nor, if it one, you know, one to ten, if it's north of five, you have got to drive to Seven Eleven, because Grandma's gonna be in there for a while. It's gonna take a while, cause she's slow, and that's just, there's nothing wrong with being slow. By the way, I'll stick up for us slow people. Slow is not bad. Sometimes we get things right cause we move slow, and some of you fast people miss stuff and mess stuff up anyway. Um, anyways, it, it's a slow people. And so, you know, we, I think generationally we're getting faster. My dad was not as slow as my grandma. And so he's kind of moving along. And then I, of course, am not as slow as my dad or my grandma. And uh, I'm kind of moving along here a little bit. But what's interesting is, is to note like who these people married. So my grandma, Donna married Eldon, who was semi-fast. And uh, Eldon's words of love to Grandma all the time were, hurry up, Donna, hurry up, Donna, hurry up, Donna. That's how he said I love you. Hurry up, Donna, hurry up, Donna. This is what we heard all the time. And, um, and, then, and then my dad married my mom, who is fast, on the faster, like if, if you ever drive with her, you'll understand what I mean. She doesn't do a lot of things slow. She's fast. And so Mom's words of love to Dad... Are um, I love you because mom's here today. So she just tells him she loves him all the time. That's just pretty much what it is. And, um, and and then me, I come along and I marry Roe, and um, this is my lovely wife right here in the front. Um, she she is here every Sunday. Some of you do not know this, but she is actually here every Sunday. Now she 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 moves like a blur. So sometimes like you know like she's like out there and then she's here and then she's there and so you didn't even know she was here. But she is actually here, supporting us and loving on you and loving on like 50 of you like within five minutes because that's just like she's fast and 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 even and and even like at home like you know like if she gets into cleaning mode like you got you got to look out you know what i'm saying like the children can lose limbs and husbands can be impaled completely accidentally. She's not intentional about it, but she's just so fast that like and, and by the way, you cannot leave anything laying around that you want to find later. This is not okay because it's like the mafia, stuff just disappears and we don't know because she's not responsible when she's in cleanup mode. She just and in 15 minutes, wow, the place looks great. And uh, but you know, that's just that's just that's just how she is. Well, well people come to me hypothetically speaking, somebody might come to me and say, I uh, say, well, you know, she says, well, I'm so fast and and he's so he's so grounding for me right he's so steady that's code for slow he's so (laughs) steady you know he really he really helps me you know helps me in my life because I'm I'm always so fast and he's so steady and he's so grounding and he's such a you know a solid safe place you know and I and I just love just 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 having him help me slow down a little bit and then and, and then I'll talk to him and he'll be like yeah she really she really drives me to be a better person she really that's code for she's pushy and uh she really she she really you know she just she just makes me the and she just and she's you know she's she's always so 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 organized and so fast and and it's just so wonderful she completes me and this is in phileo now remember you have the foundation of eros and then you have the house the sticks of the house the studs the two by four the sheetrock the electrical all that is the relationship that's the friendship so you've got attraction and then you have friendship and then two people stand in front of a priest or or a pastor or, or the justice of the peace and they say something like this they say i harry fleming take you rowena denise to be my lawfully wedded wife to have and to hold from this day forward for better or for worse in sickness or in health for richer or for poorer until death parts us and those words are not friendship words those words are agape words. It's interesting, isn't it? It's like you start off the foundation of eros, you build a house out of friendship, and then you put the roof of agape on top. And that's why many times fairy tales end right there, because that's the whole house. It's done. We, we, we saw the beautiful foundation of attraction, and then we saw the, the house being built of their wonderful relationship and then it's it's capped off it's crowned the roof is put on of of eternal commitment devotion there's nothing about well as long as you have my back I'll have yours there's nothing in in the marriage vows about friendship there's nothing about mutual benefits it's just I am here for you that's agape and so for many fairy tales that's the end of the story that's the zenith that's the top because it kind of is Because after that, (laughs) it goes downhill. And that's what I mean by it's a bit of a a trap. You were pulled into it. You're attracted, and then you have this completing friendship, and then, well, yeah, okay, I'll commit my life to that person. Yeah, absolutely. I don't even know the person, but uh, you know, <laughs> some of you newlyweds, you think you know the person, but it's okay. Um, just, just, just live a little while. You, 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 you commit your life to them. It's like He's my best friend. You've known them for six months, but they're my best friend. Okay, and you know, this, you stand before God and people, and you confess your undying, eternal a God pay and so that's why I believe every marriage in one way or another is set up for a reality check because because like we've been building a house lately some of you know so I got I got house in my head building stuff the the very heaviest material you know where that should go in a house at the bottom the, the cement slab as <laughs> a foundation. The heaviest, strongest material, that goes at the bottom. And then you put the two by fours, the insulation, sheetrock, all that kind of stuff. And then the very lightest material is the roof. We, we, we got a metal roof. It's awesome, it's keeping us safe from the rain. But it's the lightest material. So the problem is not the house in marriage. The problem is not the house. The house is great, it's wonderful problem is that you have what ought to be the foundation you have as the roof. And the weightiest part of your relationship is capping off the top of your relationship. And so everything else feels that pressure. Almost immediately, the friendship that you had now changes just a little bit because now your friendship has the weight of having to fulfill agape promises. And phileo relationships or friendship can never truly fulfill agape promises. So it's so difficult for us in marriage to start thinking and being the same kind of friend when we know that we're not just mutually beneficial for each other. We are locked in. We are committed forever until death parts us, until one of us dies or one of us kills the other. This is the end. Like we are here to the bitter end. (laughs) Until the fat lady thinks, we are here. I mean, this is it. They're not going anywhere. We're stuck. And that changes the friendship. And suddenly the weight of that agape, you know, two by four studs starts splintering and popping and stuff starts crackling. And you're standing around going, well, what's, what's up with this? The friendship that we had is kind of like different now. I don't really know what's going on anymore. And stuff starts breaking because it's, it's, it's underneath the weight of agape. And agape commitment starts pressuring the mutual fun and stuff until, until finally that starts breaking, and then you're down to the foundation. And the funny thing about attraction being the foundation is that attraction is the lightest form of love. It's the most finicky. It's the most fickle. Uh, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's there and not within five minutes. I'm a guy, so I have no idea how that works, for me, it's just always there. It's just there, you know. It's just a, but it's just, you know, like it, it, it just goes away, and and it's and it's very odd um, because even because even 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 uh, manufacturing companies have noticed this. You know, like Axe body spray. I mean, that's that's pretty much Axe body spray's commercials. It's like spray this on, and then you will have eros attraction. Like people will just be attracted to you, and it's it's somewhat true that it could be you know just simply old spice. It's like it's a smell, brings up attraction. It's like, what? Is this smell? Really? So it's like, you don't know what could bring up attraction. Attraction comes and attraction goes. And it's so, it's so evasive and elusive and, and sometimes completely there and sometimes completely not. Nobody knows why. It's not steady. It's not heavy. It's very light. It's like, uh, it's, it's like, it's like our tin roof. It has to be, you know, it has to be, uh, put down on top of something. Otherwise it'll just blow away. Problem is when that's the foundation. Suddenly, you look down and your foundation isn't there anymore, and you're left standing looking at this this pile of rubble that used to be your relationship. And this is true in marriage. Um, we we were doing marriage counseling with a couple uh, a few weeks ago, and I was thinking about this during that week, and God just led me to share it with them. and And I want to share it with you because you might be in that place in your marriage, and if you are, I want you to know that that's normal that it's, it's, it's predictable even. It has to happen, it has to happen. You have to get down to what is truly a good foundation. God is allowing things to get out of the way so that you can actually start building the kind of marriage that God wants you to have. And this isn't just true in marriage, it's also true in friendship people come to city chapel and they're attracted to city chapel they like the singing they like the the preaching they like the values they like and 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 and, and so they start to say huh this is a pretty sexy church I like this church this is this is attractive I like hey this those are the curtains and everything all right they're really rocking it out like got fancy lights changing color while he's preaching that's cool I don't really know if that's cool or not, but anyway, we're trying it out. Uh, you know, and so there's, there's a bit of an attraction, even to coming to church and choosing a church. And then you start hanging out with people and you start to so realize, man, I have a lot in common with these folks. I kind of like those people. I kind of like to go out to eat with those people. And there's a, there's a friendship that starts to build this house of friendship. And then there comes a point like, where you're like, this is my church. I'm here. I'm going to go take food over to so-and-so. I'm going to go reach out to so-and-so. And you're starting to do agape. But that gets heavy. And you're like, I'm going to show up, 7.30, help set up. I'm going to work over there. That's all agape kind of stuff. And it gets heavy. And, if you're, and, and, what, and what, what has to happen is that it's oftentimes starts splintering other relationships. And you're like, well, those people aren't talking to me anymore. And I'm just not. I, I think those drapes are kind of stupid. Like, why do we have to pretend we're not in a school? And, you know, and why do we have to have those lies? I, I don't know. Those flashing things really bugging me. And, and you know, see the, 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 the attraction goes away. And, but it, God wants everything to get back down to agape. Because when God so loved the world, he wasn't attracted to it. How could he be attracted to you and me in our sin? You think God's attracted to sin? Oh, they have good hearts. No, 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 we don't. We left to ourselves. We do not have good hearts. We do not have good intentions. That actually, if we could do stuff that we thought we would get away with, we would be even worse people than we already are. God knows our hearts. He knows what's inside of us. And he's not attracted to that. He's not like, well, I just want to spend time with Harry because he's just so cool. No, Harry's not cool. Harry's got pride. Harry's got selfishness. Harry's got grumpiness. Harry's got lust. Harry's got all sorts of stuff that repels God. God's not attracted to us. He's not, oh, I just can't wait to spend time with you guys. I just love you. Shucks, you're just so good. It's not God. Like, that's like... That's one of your relatives that's really sweet and kind and maybe a grandpa or something. But that's not God. God's repelled by sin. God's repelled by our our attitudes and what we would do if we could do it. And God's repelled by that. He's he's like, oh, that's like mucking out horse stalls to God. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if, if If you're me, I don't like mucking out horse stalls. It's just the thought of it. It's just like, oh, really? Man, no, God's not attracted. Nor is God looking for friendship how could he be looking for friendship from us I mean what would we talk about so Harry uh what you thinking oh wait I already know what you're thinking because I'm God I know everything like he can't get to know us. He already knows us completely. He can't learn anything from us. He cannot receive anything. We, we cannot give him any benefit. There's no mutually beneficial relationship on which God could come and get to know us. So John 3.16 says, For God so agape the world because he's not attracted to the world, and he's not a friend of the world because his ways are so much higher than our ways. His thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. The only kind of love God could have for us is agape. And that's why it's always good to get to that place. It doesn't feel good, but it's good to get to that place sometimes where you're like, I don't even know if I'm attracted to that person that I committed my life to. I don't even know if we're friends anymore, that person I committed my life to. Even with the church, I don't even know if I want to go to church, the church that I decided to, to commit to. That's a good place to be because now you are finally where God was. (laughs) God wasn't lured into saving the world. He wasn't tricked into committing to sending his son. He looked at the world and he said, I know exactly who you are. I know exactly what you are. And I know exactly how much it's going to cost for me to love you. And I'm choosing to love you anyway. This is why I think God allows marriages oftentimes to go through that breaking down process and friendships to go through that breaking down process and churches even to go through that breaking down because then you get to the place where you look at that person or you look at that relationship or you look at that commitment and you say, now I know what it's gonna take to climb back up that hill. Now I know what it's gonna take to rebuild this house, but now I have the heaviest thing at the bottom. And i'm going to choose to build a foundation of agape i'm going to love not because i'm tricked into it not because i'm lured into it but because i see the end result for god so loved the world that he gave his only son so that people would believe in him and not perish but rather have everlasting life what is everlasting life well that's life with him and in the book of revelation the Holy Spirit describes life with him like this. It's called the marriage supper of the lamb. It's an eternal romance that we have with God. Now, he didn't start off with that romance. He started off with a commitment. But from that commitment to love us, to seek our good, his agape love enabled friendship. Jesus turned to his disciples and says, I don't call you servants anymore. I call you friends. Because agape love creates friendship. It is the foundation. That's why if you're trying to serve God under, under agape, you're trying to live under agape, and you hear Jesus' words that he says, the goal of life is to love God and to love others, the weight of that responsibility will crush you. You're trying to live up to this standard. It will always crush you. Agape was never meant to be something you lived up to. Agape was meant to be something you stand on and you live from. You don't say, oh, I gotta try to love God this week really, really hard. Try to love people so hard. This is obligation on me, this weight. No, you gotta take that weight off of the roof and you have to put it as a foundation. Then you love God from a position of agape, not trying to attain to a position of agape. You have to first receive his love and that he loves you and not of the attraction kind, and not of the friendship kind, but of the selfless devotion kind. And that when he saw me out there in the field and horse stuff raining down on me, he was not uh, loving me in the way that I wanted to be loved, but he was loving me in the way I needed to be loved. Because, because he was teaching me to do what he said was the most important thing, was to love God, agape God, and to agape others. And this is the goal of all of life. Uh, This is the reason, I think, why God reveals himself to us, so that we can know his love for us, but also so that we can choose to love him in that same way. That I'm not looking for something from God, that I'm not looking for God to fix this or that or the other, that I'm not needing God to do something for me, and that's why I'm coming to him. No, I am choosing right now, without attraction, without friendship, I am choosing to prioritize God in my life and put him first, put him at the head, put him at the, the highest place. And it's amazing, when you start to do that, just with people even, it's amazing how that foundation starts growing a house of friendship. As pastors we that's really what we do we agape people um we don't eros people uh and we we don't even start off phileoing people that's not even a word but there are many people uh in this church it's just in this room right now that normally i would not hang out with either the age difference is really wide or or the 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 um political differences are wide or the um You know, just common interests are just not there. But it's so interesting how when you're called to agape people, you're not looking for, well, let's see, do they look like somebody I would hang out with? You're not looking for that. You're just looking for people. You're just saying, well, I'm just going to hang out with people. And so we go out to eat. Roe and I eat a lot um, with... (laughs) because that's what pastors do, with people. And we go over to birthday parties with people, and we go uh, uh, to you know, quinceaneras with, with people, and we do, we do, we do stuff with, with people. We do these things because of agape, not because of, of attraction or even friendship. It's just agape. We just love people, prioritize people. And it's amazing how as we prioritize people and as we agape people, suddenly like, friendship just starts growing in some of the strangest places that you wouldn't even imagine. I didn't even think I would get along with them. I mean, you know, they're, they're cool and all, but I'm just a lot cooler. And uh, No, just kidding. Um, and so, you know, it's just this, you wouldn't expect it. It's like, wow, well, we don't even, like, and I'm the same age. We don't even do the same stuff. Like, I wasn't even, but it's this great friendship there. You'd be amazed at the, at the, at the phileo that starts growing on the foundation of agape. And then you don't have to try to maintain it because it just grew there. And it's just there. Because you're holding on to agape and phileo just grows and I would encourage you to do this in your walk with God as well you say I don't even want to pray I don't even want to talk to God every day well of course you don't just do it anyway just do the acts of agape and then just watch this phileo start to blossom watch this friendship with God start to grow if you'd like to receive this love for the first time, I just want to give you that opportunity. If you close your eyes with me and just bow your head,